Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to concentrate this week on our second reading, which is a very brief but very punchy passage from Paul's magnificent letter to the Romans. It comes at the very end of chapter 11, which completes a major section of the letter, in which the Apostle considers Israel in relation to the church. Keep in mind, Paul was a Jew, thoroughly trained in the ways and beliefs of his people, utterly devoted to Israel's identity and mission. But then he received the revelation of Christ, and he knew he had to think things through again. How to make sense of the ancient Jewish tradition in light of the dying and rising of Jesus? And to make the thing really pointed, here's what he's wrestling with. How to understand Gentiles, so Greeks and Romans, coming to the faith when salvation was supposed to come through the Jews, many of whom, in fact, were rejecting the Christian faith? So for a Jew who's now become a follower of Jesus, this is a point of some confusion. And so Paul spends three entire chapters of Romans wrestling with this. So if you want the details of that conversation, pick up your Bibles and look at Romans 9, 10, and 11. But my focus today in the sermon is not so much that issue. It's this very interesting little passage that comes at the end of his consideration. At the end of this dense and intellectually impressive consideration of the issue, Paul throws up his hands or better, exults in the mystery of God that he knows now he cannot fully grasp. See, his theologian's mind is working on this dilemma of of Israel and the church, but at the end of it, he realizes, "I, I don't fully get it. And so he says, and here's the famous passage, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How inscrutable are his judgments! How unsearchable his ways. Beautiful, isn't it, from a poetic standpoint? But also of great theological and spiritual importance. How depth, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How inscrutable are his judgments. How unsearchable his ways. You know, some things in the theological order make sense. As we're thinking through the things of God and how God relates to the world, you know, we can make sense of some of it. But let's face it, lots of other things in theology uh, don't make sense readily. And I'll tell you, I specialize in this because I was trained as a philosopher and then as a theologian. I taught theology for 20 years at the seminary. So I know a lot about this feeling that St. Paul has of, kind of throwing up your hands at the end of a long process of thought to say, I just don't really understand how deep, how strange, how inscrutable are the ways of God. 
Let me give you a couple of famous examples of this. How do we reconcile, for example, God's foreknowledge and human freedom? Right? If God knows everything and his knowledge can't fail, well, isn't the future fixed? If God knows for sure what I'm going to do uh, next year, am I really free not to do it? It's, it's going to happen. I know that. Doesn't that mean everything is determined? And if everything is determined, how can we be free? And if we're not free, how can we be morally responsible? See, I'm driving it. It's a serious problem, a dilemma. Or how do we make sense of God's universal desire that all people be saved with the fact of damnation? If God's love is infinite, his will is finally irresistible, then why are some lost? And just to make it more pointed, how could a God of infinite love ever countenance something as horrific as eternal suffering? Or bring this problem home to everybody. How could God allow the innocent to suffer so much? How do we square God's love and power with a child having leukemia? With the deaths of hundreds of thousands in a tsunami? With torture and human trafficking, etc., etc.? To state the problem abstractly, if God is all-knowing, all-loving, and all-powerful, it seems there wouldn't be any evil at all, right? He'd know about it. He'd want to do something about it, and he could do something about it. Therefore, if there's evil, it seems that that kind of God, anyway, doesn't exist. Now, I throw these out to you just to make this point. That I mean, after many years of thinking these things through, and that's what a theologian does for a living, is you think through these, these hard issues. After thinking them through, and, you know, to be fair, making some progress, I mean, I can, I can attempt to to explain all these things to a degree. But I'll confess to you, I tend to end up where Paul did. How inscrutable are his judgments? How unsearchable his ways? In other words, I don't completely know. And I end up surrendering my mind to God. Now, mind you, this is not fundamentalism or or fideism. This is not to give up on the attempt to understand. No, no. This is the prayerful surrender that comes at the end of a long struggle to know. Does that make sense? See, you can surrender at the beginning. I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to enter into the lists. That's fideism. That's that's a, a mere superstition. But there's this move, which is after having thought something through very deeply, now prayerfully surrendering to the mystery. Let me try to make sense of this with with a couple of examples. Suppose you've come to know another person pretty well in the course of many years. Perhaps you, you first investigated the person on your own before you even formally met. Maybe you Googled his name, you checked out his accomplishments, you listened to what other people said about him. Maybe you made your own observations uh, from a distance. 
Then finally, you met him and you became his friend. And now over many months, eventually many years, you've watched him at close quarters. You've listened to him. You've seen his reactions to a variety of situations. You've endured tragedy with him, et cetera, et cetera. Having gone through all of that, you probably could say with a good deal of confidence that you know him. If someone asked you how your friend might react in a given situation, you could probably predict it with some ease, right? And yet, and yet, he will still surprise you. And yet, he will say and do things that remain inscrutable to you, right? Think of, of your, your best friend. Think of someone you've known for your whole life. I bet there's still aspects of his or her personality that, that are just surprising to you, inscrutable to you. I've known married couples, married for 50 years, who say, she's now more mysterious to me than she was when I first met her. I totally get that. Now, turn up the heat. Another example. Imagine a child, say, of, of three or four years, trying to understand the actions and motivations of his parents. So the kid, the four-year-old, you know, knows in a deep, instinctual way that his parents love him and want what's best for him. But yet, what? Huge swaths of his parents' behavior must seem utterly incomprehensible to him. Why they refuse him things that he wants? Why won't they let him play where he wants to? Why do they drag him to a doctor who sticks needles into him? Why do they send him to school when he'd so much rather stay at home, etc.? Put yourself in the mind of a four-year-old trying to understand the motivations of his parents. I mean, there'd be a universe of things that the child finds incomprehensible. And if that kid were miraculously infused with the vocabulary of St. Paul, he'd probably cry out, how inscrutable are their judgments? How unsearchable their ways, right? Now, the point, which I'm sure you've gotten by now. When dealing with God, first of all, we are dealing with a person. And persons are always mysterious, no matter how well we know them. And dealing, that's, that's a human person, right, is mysterious and inscrutable. Now, you're dealing with an infinite divine person whose mind is concerned with all of space and all of time. God's power, purpose are infinite. Our minds, infinitesimally tiny by comparison. Of course God's ways and judgments are going to be inscrutable to us. Now, think of that second example. Think of the chasm that yawns between a child's puny consciousness and the purposes of his parents. And that's why the child finds his parents so, so frustrating and, and so mysterious, is that this, this chasm yawns between what he can grasp and what they're up to, right? Now, now, multiply 
to an infinite degree that chasm, and you find something like the chasm between our little minds and the mind and purposes of God. Puzzling that there are all kinds of things we don't understand about God? Not at all, it seems to me. It's not puzzling at all. We shake our fists sometimes at heaven. Why, oh, why would that be possible? Why would God do such a thing? Think of the child vis-a-vis his parents. Now multiply it, heighten it to the millionth degree, the infinite degree, and you've got something of what obtains between us and God. And therefore, we do properly say that God is inscrutable, that he's mysterious, always surprising and elusive. But do we therefore despair? Do we therefore give up or at the limit say, I think all this is nonsense? No, 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 no. We surrender in faith the surrender that comes at the end of a long process of seeking to know. But we surrender in faith in the manner of a child, surrendering to what he trusts to be his parents' loving plan. I know it's a hard place to get to, everybody. I understand that. There's the one extreme of, oh, just you know, accept everything and just, just be sort of naive and superstitious. The other extreme of a kind of hypercritical rationalism. No, no, the church is drawing us now, following Paul into this vibrant space. Yes, think deeply about the things of God. But at the end of the day, we surrender prayerfully. Lord, how inscrutable your judgments, how unsearchable your ways. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.